sometimes life is like stranger than fiction and it's very rare, no matter how weird the circumstance or how traumatic, that you are the only one who's experienced it. You know, it does get better and it's hard to hang in there at the time, but we can do it and it's better together. Um, and, you know, you just gotta like keep hanging in there and just make it to the next day sometimes. And that's enough. What's it like to gracefully navigate staying true to yourself as a nurse entrepreneur when your own chronic health issues confront you with the challenge of moving forward, even as things get complicated? Let's talk all about it with Ashley Hay, nurse, writer, consultant, and entrepreneur, right here on episode 370 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. As if you didn't know, this podcast is all about you, your personal professional development, your career, and the healthcare system writ large. And I'm always here to share education, ideas, those frequent diatribes that you're very used to by now, and informative interviews like today's with some of the most inspiring people out there. I love having you along for the ride with me. And if you value the podcast, you could consider becoming a patron over at Patreon, creating hundreds of episodes, over 400 now. Um, well, it incurs a lot of costs. So if you would like to throw in maybe two bucks a month to help me out, that would be great. You can go to patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith to sign up as a patron. You can always donate or patronize more and get some cool things in return from me as a thank you. But $2 a month would be awesome. So please consider that. And if you need holistic career coaching or your dog or cat or anyone else needs career coaching, send them to me, Keith at nursekeith.com. Tell them they can get a 10% discount off their first coaching package if they mention the show. Today's episode will be at nursekeith.com forward slash chronic illness. That is again, nursekeith.com forward slash chronic illness. And we are here with Ashley Hay. Ashley, this is your second time on the show, I believe. And I want to welcome you back. And my first question for you is just to say, what is it like for you at this juncture in your life being a nurse entrepreneur? How's the journey going for you right now? Well, I want to say thanks for having me back. I'm always excited to chat with you. Um, and I'm looking forward to our chat today. Uh, let's see. What's it like for me now? Well, definitely different um, than when I first started. Uh, this month, I'm actually celebrating five years in business. So that for me is a huge milestone and one I could have never kind of imagined um, when I first started and certainly not when I was at bedside. Um, mm. Congratulations, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, I think it's um, really just kind of come to fruition out of like perseverance and just hanging in there. Um, I've seen some really kind of dark times uh, in recent years due to my health. Um, and of course, as we all know, everything else that's been kind of going on the last couple of years, everything just gets a bit compounded and can get cloudy. So um, I am here to tell you that like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to keep going. Hmm. Um, and I really attribute a lot of my success in business to that too. You know, I just always keep at it and I try and refresh um, 
my battery and my creativity to find things that satisfy me every day. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's why my business has has done so well over all these years now. Yeah. And making the leap from the bedside to being self-employed, I've had other people on the show who've talked about that too. But what was one of the main impetuses for you to do it? Like what was on your mind or what was happening in your life at the time when you were like, man, I need to make this change. Was there one driving force or was it a lot of pieces that had to come together? I guess the overwhelming force was really my health um, or I guess lack thereof at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I had just, I was being given this kind of like lesson from the universe, if you will, um, just getting so sick and my autoimmune symptoms were getting so progressive year after year. And, um, you know, with age and then, of course, with just keeping at the bedside gig, which we all know, you know, just requires so much physical and mental capacity Mm. that I really just I I didn't have anymore. Um, And I but I just, I kept at it and I kept at it and it probably was not the best thing for me. And that's really what eventually got me to what I felt at the time was a stopping point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I love this. And this is me. This has been my whole career. I've been a nurse since I was 21. Hmm. You know, I need, I need this. What else am I going to do? I work so hard. Um, And now looking back, I really just feel like it was kind of a, at the time, a forced shift of my career, uh, but not a total change. I'm still able to educate patients and peers and providers just in a very different way. And I may not be at their bedside, but I am still hoping that I reach them along with other nurses who might be listening to this too, you know, struggling with chronic illness. We're really not that rare of a breed. There are many of us um, who are dealing with illness, injury, and still showing up to the bedside. And if that works for you, that's great. Um, for me, I got to a point where the scales were really imbalanced and, and I had to, to make a move. Um, and now looking back, I'm really glad that I did. And I, I really do believe that my health overall um, is better because of it. Hmm. Now, having chronic illness, I mean, how many, there's like 4 million nurses, probably more, right? If we count LPNs and all the other types of nurses in the United States, right? So we're a microcosm of the macrocosm. So anything anybody out there in the general population has, there's a nurse at least, or a bunch of nurses who have it too, right? So we're no different than anybody else. And they might call us heroes and all these other things that I'm not comfortable with, but we're just fallible human beings. Like, everyone else walking around the street right now. So you found yourself really hurting, like it was really hard to stay at the bedside. And making that switch over, how was that for you? Like what what did it feel like? Because I made that switch too. And we can start to feel like we're not a nurse anymore. We can experience imposter syndrome you know, was, was that a seamless shift for you or was it fraught, so to speak? Definitely not seamless. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you mentioned I was hurting and 
truly, I was hurting physically with symptoms mm-hmm. like joint pain and a lot of other issues that were just making it really difficult to work. Um, but I was also mentally hurting and my ego was hurting, hmm. you know, so taking that step away, I had wrapped up so much of my own identity in being an oncology nurse, being a bedside nurse. You know, this was all I ever wanted to do. Um, and I had put so much work and effort into getting there and gaining all this experience that it was really difficult to walk away Um So not only did I feel like my ego was fractured, but then I had this overwhelming sense of guilt for leaving my peers at the bedside, for leaving my patients, you know, and, and I realize everyone is, is replaceable, you know, to a point. I I don't think that I was this, you know, Florence Nightingale of, of all of them. And like, you know, the hospital couldn't survive without me. I certainly, I don't feel that way, but there is a sense of guilt. I think when you walk away from bedside and, and I heard a lot of um, conflicting comments from my peers. So some were, you know, supportive, even though they kind of didn't understand what I was looking to do. Like, well, I don't get it. So, so you're going to try and be a writer. Like, how are you going to make any money? I, mm-hmm. I you know, how are you going to work nursing into that? I don't get it, mm-hmm. but good luck. And others really scoffed at it and were like, I mean, I had a boss tell me, yeah, okay, good luck. Like, you know, you might as well just go on disability and forget about it. Um, and then I had others who actually were surprisingly against it and really um, just kind of, you know, added to the guilt that I already felt and said, well, you know, once once a pedzonk nurse, always a pedzonk nurse, like that's it, you know, and I can't like if, you know, you can't really stay in nursing and do anything else. I, I can't imagine, you know, what you're going to end up doing. And it was just this big, like, I was just stuck with all these different emotions and all these different inputs and feedback. And realistically, I had to just, first, I had to take time to heal physically. Mm-hmm. And then I really had to take time mentally to examine, like, what am I going to do? And how am I going to get satisfaction out of it? And that's kind of where... I ended up, you know, I, I just kind of found a lot of um, different options to try and figure something out, like knowing what I already know, let's harness this education and love for, for, you know, educating patients and peers and let's try and figure out another way to do it while I'm laid up in bed for a couple of weeks or months mm-hmm. or days. Yeah. Um, and now, like I said, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that my flare-ups are less often, they're um, less severe, you know, a lot of things go into that. Uh, but I definitely think taking away the physicality of 12-hour, incredibly stressful shifts mm. physically and mentally, I don't, I don't think that that's a coincidence in taking that away. So I had to do it for myself, um, yeah. which was hard because my patients always came first yeah. and they always came before me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this... That's that's all really great fodder for conversation and and thinking about this. And let's talk a little bit about self worth, right? Because nurses can struggle with self worth even when they're doing the work that they think they're supposed to be doing because they went to school for that thing. But then when 
you do what you and I have done and many of our peers have done and we kind of go off the deep end (laughs) and we decide to do something really different, really, you know, maybe really out of the box. Like, you know, what you and I both do isn't that, isn't that weird. I mean, but there's some people who've gone off to do some pretty, you know, cutting edge stuff and that could be even more, uh, more, challenging to navigate but just doing what you and i do like writing and or coaching or consulting or something or like podcasting for instance you know we're, we're doing things that are really different and we can get really caught up in self-worth and self-identity through work in the united states especially so how how do you grapple with this notion of self-worth and identity and how have you just come into who you are in this particular iteration of your life right now as a writer and consultant and entrepreneur? How is that landing with your self-worth? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always um, a process, right? It's always this new thing. I don't know that I'll ever get to a place where I feel like I 100% know what I want to do, or I 100% know myself, you know, that's kind of the beauty of always changing and and assessing these things and growing, right, is that we're going to be different. Um, So I guess what I've really learned is push through imposter syndrome. No Mm -hmm. one is doing that but you. Um, You know, like you have a lot to offer and it's okay to be forthcoming about that um, and let it guide your passion and your creativity. You know, I never considered myself uh, a really creative or artsy person. I never considered myself to have a mind for business. And then now I don't believe any of those things to be true about myself. Mm. Um, So it's really just kind of a, a continual process Um, I think, you know, we can hold ourselves back and get in our own way just as much as we can propel ourselves and, and show the world, the nursing community, whatever, you know, that, hey, this might sound weird to you, but this is something I think I can make work and here's what I'm interested in. So let's do it. Um, And that's it, right? Just really take everybody's advice with a grain of salt and um, listen to yourself and just surround yourself with people who are willing to help instead of, you know, shoot you down. Yeah. And, and in, in the midst of all that and just accepting this new way in which you're, you're being in this new path that you're on five years now and congratulations again, it's kind of like we, we recreate ourselves and that's what we put out into the world. And now you're, you do all this writing and consulting and working with clients. And, you know, for you, what's it like when health challenges come through because you have flare ups, things happen, right? With your chronic illnesses. And what do you do when that happens? Because when you had a job and a chronic thing came up, you'd probably call out sick, right? If you were, it was really bad. So what do you do when you're working at home? Because somebody listening might be thinking, yeah, I've got a chronic illness, but when I need a day off, I can take a sick day from work. 
what do I do when I'm self-employed? So how do you weave your work into your life in a way that you can take care of yourself? Because things are going to happen. Things are going to come up. Yeah. Um, and really all of this, you know, it'll keep growing and changing as I grow and change. So my business, you know, I continue to expand and grow and then, and it, it, it all just kind of feeds off of each other. And, and I get that, you know, I don't have specific sick days where I can tell my client, Hey, I'm calling out today. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, I certainly prioritize my health now far more than I believe I really did at bedside. Um, and a lot of that's on me for sure. But I think a lot of that also is, uh, given the amount of work that we are expected to do and the amount of ourselves that we're expected to give hmm. in such a lengthy shift. So in prioritizing my health, I think, one thing that's really helped me is knowing when to say no. And that's really hard because when you're a budding business, you want to take every client, you want to get every experience you can um, and you want to make money. Right. And, but at the same time, I have to know myself enough to realize that that may not work for me. So yeah, maybe I can juggle three small clients this quarter, but I can't juggle two full-time clients. And I'm not going to do that. And I think going forward year after year, I have learned more and more about myself, and my capabilities, but also, you know, my health struggles that I don't want to say that they hold me back or that, you know, they're, they are my life, but they are certainly a part of it. And they are a part of me that I need to be respectful of. Um, so I think some of the ways that I work around it is, uh, you know, if I have a, a main client, like I will not offer more than 20 hours a week for them. Mm -hmm. And that's so that I can have a side client that's kind of more like per diem PRN work. But that way, I'm also not finding myself working 40 to 60 hours a week when I'm not capable of doing that physically. Um, and I do, you know, I'm open and honest with my clients. And I get that's not easy to do when you're first starting out. And even now, you know, disclosure is not always at the front of my, my list. Um, but sometimes, you know, we have to just be honest and, and things happen. Um, and I've actually found most people very understanding. So I find that, you know, most clients, once you, you know, kind of prove yourself to them and you have a good track record, they don't care when you work. They don't know if you're working from your bed on your laptop. They don't care if you're, you know, sure. getting stuff done at 2 a.m. They just, they want you to meet the deadline. So I plan accordingly and I try and schedule my content calendar out with extra time for things like flare-ups or migraines or debilitating joint pain or a last minute specialist appointment. Mm -hmm. I have to take these things into consideration to be able to be successful in business. Um, so that's kind of what I do is we just, we incorporate it instead of fighting it so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good explanation. And, you know, um, hmm. when, when we're having to navigate these sorts of things, we can, we can get anxious, we can get depressed, we can feel defensive because, you know, our life's not what maybe what other people perceive it as. And, um, and we can also worry because we're like, wow, I'm a self-employed contractor, nurse entrepreneur. And if I don't work, I'm not going to make any money. 
So how do you work with that about worrying about income when, you know, you've got to flare up and you've got to scale back for a couple of weeks or a month? Um, what do you, what do you do with that? How do you, how do you stay okay with that? Yeah. I don't know if you ever stay okay with it, to be Hmm. honest. And it's certainly different for everyone. Right. Um, but you know, this past year, I mean, I had this crazy episode where I just suddenly one day lost my ability to walk. I had a fall. I was hospitalized for weeks. Hmm. Um, you know, and then after that whole recovery, learning how to rewalk again and all of these things, um, you know, tons of medication and just, you know, having to say goodbye to my client that I really enjoyed at that time due to my own health stuff. Um, then on top of it, I had to go for a partial hip replacement surgeries oh. shortly after that. So again, you know, I was forced to focus on my healing and not on income. Um, yes, I am certainly no stranger to anxiety and depression. And these things can really get intense when you've had these traumatic crisis events. And to be honest, after some of that, I was in one of the darkest places I remember. Mm -hmm. And it was, again, because, you know, I had a hard time focusing on my healing when I was so fraught with worry over losing my clients and maybe never getting them back over not making any money. And realistically, you know, at the time, a lot of that was probably somewhat wasted energy because having chronic illness, I set up my business, you know, quarter after quarter. So that way I squirrel away enough money that if something happens, I'm still going to be able to pay my bills Good and I'm, idea. you know, yeah. And that's kind of the thing. Like it, it's hard to balance because freelance, they say it all the time and it's true. It's feast or famine. And then when you put this chronic illness into the mix, it can be very unpredictable. So what I've learned is like work when you're able, you know, and take the jobs that, that you enjoy to, you know, as much as possible. And then when you can't work, you'll at least have that little bit of, um, kind of peace of mind. But yeah, I mean, I just think it's important too to like put this darkness out there and and tell people that, yes, this happens. You know, I own a business and I had no idea where my next paycheck was going to come from. Mm-hmm. I had like all of these things happen in my life that were kind of back to back. And I was extremely depressed. I was extremely anxious. And I had to really focus on healing myself and using a support group to like you know, my support group around me to like work to get back on track mentally and physically. And and I just think it's important to tell other people, you know, whatever you're going through, I have learned, I have gone through some wild things in my life that, you know, sometimes uh, life is like stranger than fiction. And it's very rare, no matter how weird the circumstance or how traumatic that you are the only one who's experienced it. You know, it does get better and it's hard to hang in there at the time, but we can do it and it's better together. Um, and you know, you just gotta like keep hanging in there and just make it to the next day sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. Yeah. Wow. It, it, this brings me back to the thing I've been talking about a lot recently in these months where remember I, I mentioned earlier about the whole hero thing, you know, mm-hmm. nurses hero, you know, you're talking about the, the notion that I've been 
bringing forward a lot lately, which is the nurse's warrior, right? It's like, that's really what it's all about, right? You have to push through and sometimes you have to fight. And for you, it's like fighting depression and the impact of chronic illness and the uncertainty of being self-employed and the the issues of self-worth and all those other things that rear their heads when we've taken a path that's maybe a little bit different than what others take. But even a nurse listening right now who maybe works in step down or telemetry or ICU or the ER or whatever, home health, you know, they may feel a lot of these things too. They may not be self-employed, but they're still feeling them because they're human beings with bodies and <laughs> and of course. emotions and right. And it is so much. It's so much to take on, you know, like yeah. it, it's a lot. I mean, being in direct patient care, it's it's a burden on not only your body over time, but on your soul too. Like we carry mm-hmm. all of these beautiful and painful stories with us, you know, like you remember your first patient, you remember like all of these things that have happened to them and the journeys that you've been on with them. And they do like, you do carry them over time. So I just think it's important to acknowledge it and, and see where you're personally at with it. You know, like I'm certainly not trying to pull nurses away from the bedside. Mm -hmm. Um, We need you, you know? Um, But I just, I always try and just say like, you are your best advocate. So, you know, just see how you're feeling about it and see what, where you want to go with it. Yeah. And there's room for everybody. There's always mm-hmm. people who want to work at the bedside, you know? So it's not like everyone's going to go out and become self-employed. It's like mm-hmm. those of us who need or want to do something different and maybe work at home, that's okay. Right. I mean, it takes all kinds. And there's always going to be the ones who want to be at the ICU and the ER and all the power to them. Right. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, if I could be at bedside, I definitely still would be. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think uh, it's, it's important for us to just remember that we're all still nurses. Um, and however we choose to, you know, educate or, or use our time or create new, like you said, innovative roles. Um, you know, we are still one community. And I think however we can support each other, regardless of our work roles is always helpful because chances are we all have a, a lot of similar experiences and, and kind of feelings around all of it. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we come back from the break, Ashley, I want to talk about the ways in which you feel you've come full circle and the kind of work you're doing in the companies you're working for right now and about how we represent ourselves out there in the world on social media and elsewhere and you know um the ways in which our creative minds can be put to use in terms of motivating us in various ways so does that sound good for when we come back from the break Sounds great. All right. So hang out with us here. We are with Ashley Hay of A. Hay Nursing. And this is episode 370 of the Nurse Keith Show. We'll be right back with the second half. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. 
please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other awesome listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support The Nurse Keith Show, you also get some pretty cool premiums and gifts from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. And if you know someone who could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, you'll receive credit for an hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit, so you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. And remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits. What an incredible deal. And please head over to nursekeith.com and sign up for my newsletter, which comes out regularly and brings you supportive messages, updates from my blog and my podcast, resources, and all sorts of other stuff. Remember, nursekeith.com, sign up for that newsletter, and you'll also get a free download from me as my gift to you. Anyway, those are my sincere asks today. So now, Let's dig back into today's topic without further ado. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. Remember, the show notes will be located at nursekeith.com forward slash chronic illness. We're here again with friend of the pod and my friend, Ashley Hay. And Ashley, part of the break, we were discussing all sorts of things like that, the the self-worth and how we navigate that. And what we do with health challenges, whether we're self-employed or not. And, you know, what we do when those pieces rear their heads, those pieces of life that are a little uncomfortable. And you had mentioned to me that, that you've come full circle in a way, having left the bedside because of chronic illness and having to renegotiate and re- just reformulate your whole work life around your health and make sure it worked for you, right? Um, you feel you've come full circle in some ways. And how does that manifest for you? What does that look like? And who are you working with that makes you feel that particular process is underway for you? <laughs> yeah, it's been um, really interesting. And I guess before I really dive into it, one of the things that comes to mind is you know, at my uh, nursing graduation ceremony, one of, you know, whatever events that they do during that week, yeah. um, they had given us like this little uh, paper bag. And the one thing that I remember it being in that bag, it was a rubber band. And as we pulled it out, they said, this is to remind you to stay flexible throughout your entire nursing career because things will shift and things will change and stuff gets hard. Stay flexible. Hmm. And I just, to your point in your question, I really feel like that is one thing I have certainly done is maintained my flexibility, um, you know, with all these kind of challenges uh, thrown my way and while still staying in the nursing profession. So that's something I'm, I'm really proud of. And, um, you know, we talked about uh, coming full circle and it's really interesting because, you know, I was this teenager who was going through 
being diagnosed with a chronic illness and starting infusion therapy and having all these symptoms and, and like my whole life felt disrupted and I knew I still wanted to be a nurse. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit. Okay. We graduate nursing school, bedside nurse, fast forward a little more. Um, and now, you know, I'm, I start this business. I start writing now, five years later, we are, um, you know, I'm looking at all of these consulting clients that I now have. Um, and it's great. I'm working in these rare disease categories, which I can really um, identify with on so many levels. So not just as a provider um, who's seen, you know, patients with difficult and rare illnesses, um, but myself, you know, I bring that unique perspective um, as a long-term patient. So we've got like the nursing perspective, the patient perspective, you know, and then just kind of doing bedside and then kind of distance education, which is what I hope I provide. But getting to work with like patients and HCPs for their input again into these educational programs that are going back out, you know, to caregivers, to patients, to providers, like this is the stuff that's that's important for me. Um, and I just, I really enjoy working in the oncology space and the rare disease category. I, I honestly just can't get enough of talking to these patients and peers and getting like all this way in and then being able to kind of use my creativity and my nursing knowledge and what I would like to see if I were a patient and kind of wrap it up in this nice little bow and put it back out into the world for other people to learn from. Wow. And, and so you're writing patient education materials that have to do with rare disease and, and those sorts of challenges that people encounter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, I've worked on kind of a lot of different, uh, projects related to rare disease, um, whether it's, uh, like webinars. So putting together, um, kind of educational videos, writing scripts for providers to, um, also, you know, give educational talks to patients or caregivers, um, working on podcasts, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, eBooks, you know, website content, and just within the oncology and the rare disease space, I, I don't know that there can ever be too much, you know, um, well-planned out information because there is just such a need for it. Yeah. So, th- I mean, you're really contributing directly to patient care in many ways. At the, you know, if you're writing copy and video scripts and all those sorts of things to educate patients, you're not putting your hands on them. But you're you are contributing your nursing expertise and knowledge and just in different way, right? I mean, do you do you feel that? Do you feel sure. that that you're having that wider impact? I think I yeah. I mean, I definitely feel it in a couple of ways. Um, I think you know, working. Uh, I'm fortunate enough currently to work with a company who really prioritizes patients' input um, for this rare disease category. So I get to meet with patients again and use like my nursing 101 of this therapeutic communication and, and just talk with them about their experience and say like, you know, what's important to you? Um, and how do I get this information out 
to less experienced patients or caregivers? Like, what do you want them to know? So I definitely feel it that way. And to me, that's obviously, you know, the most satisfying is to get to speak to a patient in any facet now working from home. I just feel very fortunate. Hmm. Um, But then also, you know, I get so many um, emails and, and these beautiful letters and kind of notes now even from just doing things like what we're doing right now on the podcast and, um, you know, nurse saying, I want to, you know, I'm thinking about branching out. I'm thinking about starting a business. I am thinking about becoming a writer. You know, I just want to connect. Do you have any helpful information? Um, So those I always love, but what's really close to my heart is when I hear from another nurse, of Mm. course, with a, a chronic illness and just saying, you know, thank you for sharing your story because for me, I, that's always my hope in doing this kind of thing, right? Like if I can just have one other nurse that feels a little bit comforted knowing that she's not the only one going through this, even though it may feel that way. um, To me, that is like the ultimate in terms of um, return on investment, you know, Mm -hmm. it is just getting like another connection um, within the nursing community. So yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel the love on a couple of fronts. (laughs) That's really nice. That's really nice. And, you know, um, that creative part of what you do, I mean, you're satisfied by making those connections, right? And um, hearing from a nurse and they've said, wow, you know, what I read or what I heard on that podcast really spoke to me. Um, how How is it being a clinically minded person? Like you have that scientific mind the nurse's mind. And then you often have the, you have the mind and spirit of a writer. So how is it, you know, marrying those two things together? What do you get out of that process of like, wow, I can take this part of myself and this part of myself, my left brain and my right brain, and I can put them together and create something really cool that can help somebody. What's it like for you to be able to do that? Yeah, I, um, you know, my business in its growth, like planting these tiny seeds of this business where I thought I was just going to kind of be a journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was happy with that. Um, and now my business has afforded me the opportunity to branch out and find all these beautiful, creative sides of myself that merge really well, actually, with the scientific you know, fact findings side of me. Um, so I think it helps because uh, in consulting, you know, it's it's great to be able to offer that client like um, visual directions that you might want to go for with like advertisement campaigns or or stuff that's geared toward nurses. Like, hey, this is what we want to see. Hmm, um, but also too, I just, I feel like in having more time, to explore my own inner creativity and make sure that my mental health is taken care of along with my physical. You know, I've started doing things like painting or drawing and and it sounds completely unrelated, but somehow it fuels my, just my overall being, but like recharges my battery and then makes me feel like just more things are possible and, you know, just kind of triggering that side of my brain. Um, So I'm not so one-sided. It just, yeah, it really kind of fuels everything. And, and I think that's 
what my ultimate goal is moving forward in business is um, to really get towards more of a blended role. So I would really like to ideally, right, you know, take half of the year if you had to split it that way, doing, you know, my consulting, my writing, all of these um, business aspects of it. And then the other half, I'd really like to focus more on my creative writing, you know, becoming an author mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like working on the stuff that I kind of always have on the side of my desk, you know, fiction, nonfiction, a children's mm-hmm. book, poetry, mm-hmm. like I'm just working on all these things and and I don't feel that they have to go out into the world just yet. But when they're ready, you know, I would like the opportunity to kind of have more of a blended role um, for myself and, and be able yeah. to just split my time a little bit more. Yeah. And I hope that can happen for you over time. And you've, maybe you've heard me talk about um, this whole notion of the nurse polymath and, you know, you, you've kind of embody that in a way it's like the, the left brain, the right brain, all these different interests, the creative, the scientific, you know, it's kind of fun to bridge those different worlds. And as you're bridging those worlds, you also need to, um, you need to market yourself, right? You and I both have to market ourselves, whether it's for coaching, writing clients, consulting, whatever. So Mm -hmm. how do you, how do you approach that world? Let's just say social media. Let's just use that term. and. How do you stay true to yourself and talk about yourself in an authentic way that's comfortable for you in terms of your boundaries? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like you have a brand, but then there's yourself and you want to be authentic, but you don't want to kind of, you know, bear everything. So what's the line you walk as a, a personality out there in the world? and? someone people look to for messaging and messages, you know, how do you, how do you approach it? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever been overly into social media. I think that's the like recluse writer side of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and being in business honestly didn't change a whole lot of that. Um, I remember when I, first really started forming my business, you know, I knew it was important to have a website and I knew it was important to like be on LinkedIn, but that was kind of it. Um, And the feedback I kept getting from a lot of other experienced um, nurse writers and, and coaches and things like that in my field was like, you have to increase your social media presence. You got to get out there. You know, you have to schedule your posts. You have to, and there were all these recommendations and I just, felt so uncomfortable with the thought of it. And it was, I never wanted to get it done. And I, (laughs) I just kind of kept putting it off. And then I realized like, it was because it just didn't feel authentic to me as a whole. So I think you have to assess your brand, right? Like, are you a coach? Are you a writer? Are you a consultant? And then going from there, what kind of clients are you looking to attract? You know, do you, is social media really going to be you know, a good outlet for what you're doing, or do you want to just kind of connect with your peers? So you just have to assess what works for you and more importantly, what you're comfortable putting out. You know, um, I really like to connect with people on a bit of a, a 
deeper level. So not necessarily in social media, but just in my personal life. So I'm very comfortable, you know, sharing my personal health struggles occasionally and being kind of, you know, forward about that um, because I, I like to think that it helps others. But at the same time, you talked about boundaries and one thing that I do not share and I will not share is, you know, like pictures of myself and my husband or like what we mm-hmm. did this weekend or um, kind of bigger milestones for us or our families. Um, that's mm-hmm. just kind of for me where I like to kind of have the curtain drawn. Um, so, it, you know, just looking at like what works for you. Um, but, I, you know, I like to um, put a lot of positive messaging out there and real too, like, you know, Hey, this is, this is me in a MRI machine, or this is me getting my back injection, like, and then Mm -hmm. follow it up with, you know, like a nice little meme or something. But often those things that you're seeing, um, that I put up on my stories and things like that, it's, it's also to motivate me and keep me going. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, don't forget, like your social media account is also it's for you too. You know, it's a reflection of you and, and you should be feeling good about the things that you're putting out um, and what you're getting back. And if you're not, then get rid of those people. (laughs) They're not making you feel good because it's not worth it. That's right. You know, I'm looking at your Instagram right now and you, you always have great, (laughs) great photographs of you and your dogs. And um, um, there's the two of them on the couch and you have this picture of a you wearing a t-shirt and it says that's what i do i pet dogs i read books and i know things (laughs) and there's a pile of books here that you're (laughs) reading and you like to talk about what you're up to and you share that you're you know sometimes having a bad day or you know you're having a health struggle and Mm -hmm. i think it's important and that authenticity is is really it can be really refreshing to see something like that, to see somebody being so real. And, you know, do you, do you ever, hmm, so question I want to ask really is, do you ever have a concern that a potential client, like a, a company is going to see your Instagram and be like, mm, you know, a little too, little, you know, they're just not comfortable with it. And do you worry about it? Or you're like, well, if they're not comfortable with it, then they're not the kind of people I want to work with. Like, how do you, how do you think about that when you're trying to negotiate how you want to put yourself out in the world? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I gave this a lot more thought kind of in the beginning. Um, but now truly like, I mean, I do, I have clients that follow me on social media Mm -hmm. and, I'm not embarrassed by anything that I put out there. You know, it's all real. Um, I will talk about, you know, struggling with anxiety and depression. I will talk about the, uh, you know, kind of health issues that I'm struggling with or or you'll see me at an appointment. Um, And I think the the clients that I do have um, that, you know, clearly don't have an issue with it. They engage with me there and and they seem to appreciate the transparency. That is part of the reason why they brought me on board and why we work well together is because they value my insight as a patient, as a nurse, as an entrepreneur, like juggling all these things and just being real about it. Um, 
And if they didn't, uh, you know, then I don't know that we would have as close of a working relationship. Um, but it really, it, it just kind of also depends on the role that I'm playing, right? Like if I'm going to do some technical editing for somebody on the side, I don't know that they really care what my social media <laughs> is about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you, ha- you have to be comfortable with what you're putting out first. Um, before true. you can expect to to con- be concerned with what anybody else is going to think, but it's certainly a risk. Yeah, um, it's a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I always think about like you know potential coaching clients, right? There, you know, some people are comfortable with the way in which I express myself, maybe here or elsewhere, and others might not be. Others might be like they don't they don't connect with with me in that way or what I put out in the world. I'm like, well. The ones, and this might sound a little new agey or something, but it's like the ones who are drawn to me are going to be drawn to me and the ones who aren't, aren't. And it's kind of true, right? It's like, you can't please everybody and you just have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. And you and I are, are nurse entrepreneurs who we're, we're pretty much what you see is what you get out there, what we put out. You know, we're not hiding behind a whole lot of mm-hmm. artifice and I'm pretty cool with that myself. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, if it's what you see is what you get and you don't like what you see, then you move on to the other writer or the other coach or the other podcaster. And what else can we possibly do? Because of course, as, as self-employed people, we have to think about our audience, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it's like our audience is what it is. And the ones who really connect with who we are and how we walk in the world, they're going to eat it all up and they're going to stay with us. And so I myself also don't really worry about it very much. Um, you know, and I think if we spend our time thinking about how is this going to affect, you know, my brand and, you know, we have to think about that a little bit, but on a certain Mm -hmm. level, we just, we do what we do. And we, if, like you said, if you're comfortable with it, then it's probably okay. Right. <laughs> Cause your own inner. For sure. And it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it feels good to you, mm-hmm. I, for me, I mean, I think that's the most important thing, but it is really interesting as, as you know, we're talking about this, I'm thinking back um, to nursing school when I tried so hard to hide my symptoms Mm. and my first few nursing jobs Mm. where I tried so hard to hide my chronic illness and I wouldn't talk about it. And I thought it was something to hide, you know, because I would be seen as lesser than or not as capable, or I didn't want to, you know, uh, be babied. Like I wanted to prove my worth and all these things. And, um, you know, now I just, I embrace it and it, yes, it is part of me. So if you want a um, really great, you know, writer and consultant that has a little bit of chronic illness, I'm your gal. Mm -hmm. If you have a problem with it and you don't feel like we're going to be a good match, then you should probably, you know, move on to somebody else and that's okay. Um, But it's just, it is really interesting. And like you said, as you, as you grow, um, you get a little more, 
comfortable or, or just understand like what you want to disclose and what you don't. And for me, this is something that's very liberating to be open about and find other people, um, you know, that can, can relate to things. And I think too, that's why I really want to look at, um, you know, like speaking engagements specifically at nursing schools, because I would love to see these young, you know, green nurses um, before they go out into the world and just say like, hey, I don't know what's going on in your life, but there are so many avenues that you can choose from. There are so many resources that are out there. You know, if you choose to go into business for yourself down the line, or if you're struggling in bedside care, like there are all of these things available to you. And I would just really love to be able to get, you know, their ear and educate them on like options and resources and even entrepreneurship, like the beauty of merging kind of all of these things mm-hmm. um, and just give that all to them, you know, earlier in, in the, the stages of, of kind of the beautiful journey of nursing. Yeah, right. You know, well sad. And, you know, if nursing schools weren't so busy uh, teaching to the test, then they would talk about entrepreneurship and all those things. But Whatever's not on mm-hmm. the NCLEX tends to not get covered very much. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. things like entrepreneurship are given short shrift, if anything at all. But it, good for you. I mean, I've talked to nursing students too, and I would love to do that more because we want to fill them with some new ideas and, you know, tell them that mm-hmm. maybe going the tried and true path isn't the path for them. Like, you know, I did the non tried and true path and it can be done. Um, and I think it's great to to bring those messages to those who need to hear it. And for people who want to get in touch with you, I know they can go to aheynursing.com and you're on Instagram at aheynursing, you're on Twitter at aheynursing and also LinkedIn, the same aheynursing. So I encourage people to, to get in touch with you, um, whether they want to you know get in touch because they're burgeoning entrepreneurs or there are companies who want to hire you. And I highly recommend they do so. <laughs> but before we go, I have four <laughs> oh, questions. Thanks. You're welcome. And um, I don't want to go, but um, I have four questions that I'm running by all my guests now. Are you up for for a little um, the question and answer section? Let's do it. Okay. So first question would be, um, how do you define success? <laughs> um. If you wake up and go to bed, you know, pretty happy, um, that's what I would say. Just overall success. You know, if, if you can go to sleep at night and just feel like it was a pretty good day and you can wake up in the morning and feel pretty happy about what's going on, that's success for me. Like that. I knew you weren't going to say, oh, two million dollars in the bank. I mean, you it know? doesn't hurt. I mean, that's nice, but <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Okay. And um, next question is how would you describe one person who's inspired you in the course of your life, living or dead? And they can be famous or not famous. Oh, um, this is kind of a bit of an obscure one, but. Um, there uh-huh. is a nurse scientist um, called Elizabeth Blackburn, and I've actually seen her speak out here. 
Mm. um, at the Salk Institute. And I just, ever since nursing school, when I learned about like her research on telomeres and how she was like, you know, just kind of breaking into the field as a woman and, uh, you know, using science and nursing, I just have always been fascinated um, by her. And she's always just been like a source of inspiration to me. Um, So yeah, I would say um, just kind of like, kicking butt and going forward as a female and and breaking down these barriers of what we think nurses can or should or should not do. Um, That's, that's for sure. Somebody that's um, inspired me. Mm -hmm. And her name is Uh, Elizabeth Blackburn. Elizabeth Blackburn kicking butt and taking names. Okay. (laughs) There we go. All right. Now, I know you don't read any books at all, Ashley, so this won't be a hard one for you at all. (laughs) Um, I know you read a lot, so I don't mean for you to pick one, but just the question is, is there a book or a movie that's had a major impact on the way you think or the way you live your life? It doesn't have to be your very, very favorite, just one that's kind of like just, you know, a touchstone for you. Hmm. Oh gosh. Um, there is a lot of them. I would say, Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. There's so many, but off the top of my head, um, again, this, I feel like I'm giving you like the most obscure answers. Um, go for it. There, one of my absolute favorite books, uh, is Angela's ashes, um, by Frank Mm. McCourt. And what that book always does for me every time I read it is it just gives me this new sense of like gratitude and satisfaction for all the things that I do have in my life. Even when I sometimes feel like things are not going the way I planned or the way I wanted, or I'm struggling. Um, It's just, it's very descriptive. Um, you really feel like you're in the settings that he describes. And mm-hmm. a lot of the hardships um, that he talks about throughout the book, it just really helps to like, it's always helped to recenter me and refocus me um, and just show me how much, you know, I do have when I wake up every day. Yeah. It's a beautiful book and a beautiful film. So, yeah. That's I've a actually good one. not seen that's it. Good. Oh, now I'll have to. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah. All right. Here's the last one. What's one piece of advice that Ashley Hay would give her 18 year old self at this point in time, whether you think she would listen or not? (laughs) Um, No, she definitely would not listen. Um, Probably not. No, she's uh, was very stubborn and I don't know that that's ever changed, but that's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. I would tell her, Keep going, girl, because you're going to rock it and things get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. And so it wouldn't also be advice just, as much. Yeah, to like yeah. care less about what people think. I know uh, that that would have been really helpful, although I don't think she would have really listened much to that, but it <laughs> certainly yeah. would have made her days easier. Yeah, I hear you. My 18-year-old self would probably not listen to the same message. So <laughs> there you go. Well, Ashley, this is wonderful and you're, you're great. I'm so glad to have you back and this won't be the last time. And um, you're doing really good work out there in the world and setting an example for other people, whether they're nurses or not, who walk 
the, the earth with chronic illness and have to, you know, navigate the vicissitudes of that and myself included. So all the power to you for, for being out there and, and having created a life that's working for you. And I think that's really wonderful. And, and you're, you're a bright light out there. Thank you so much for all the kind words. And I have to tell you, like the feeling is so mutual. I always love chatting with you and I'm just always, you know, impressed um, by everything you do. So thank you so much for having me again. It's really just been so great. I really enjoyed our time. Oh, thanks, Ashley. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show. And remember the show notes where you can learn all about Ashley Hay and her writing services will be at nursekeith.com forward slash chronic illness. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode. If you want to throw a little bit to me every month over on Patreon, please feel free to go over there to patreon.com forward slash nursekeith to support the show or refer yourself or others over to Nurse Keith Coaching for career coaching or just a complimentary chat don't even have to do any more coaching with me i'd love to chat with you or your dog or your cat or your gerbil or your neighbor anybody you want to send my way we are a proud member of the health podcast network at healthpodcastnetwork.com we're produced by the amazing rob johnston of 520r podcasting and mark cappy Speeson is our wonderful stalwart social media and newsletter ringmaster before we say goodbye i'll leave you with one of my favorite quotes this is by the musician robert fripp may my living honor my parents and may my living repay the debt of my existence be well dig deep seek joy keep in touch this is nurse keith saying adios till next time from beautiful santa fe new mexico and the inimitable ashley hay saying arrivederci from san diego san diego california where i will visit you someday ashley so thank you so much for being here with me thank you to everyone for listening and we'll catch you on the proverbial flip side 